Hello friends, welcome back to Vantage Point, where the vantage is the point. I'm Troy Jennings. And I'm Aaron Pope. Welcome to episode seven. This is the podcast where we discuss topics related to arts, culture, society, mental wellness, and so much more. Today, we are going to be talking about boundaries, what they are, how to create them, and why they are so hard for some of us to create and maintain. Now, this is a topic that I thought was important for us to discuss. How it's shown up in my life is I have had some challenges with trying to create and maintain healthy boundaries in my life. And I will suggest that when we talk about being completely healthy or whole, one thing that could be in our way of getting to that point is a lack of boundaries. So Aaron, can you talk to us about in your life, how has your relationship been to boundaries? As I grow in mental health and mental awareness and just try to be holistically better mentally, I'm coming to find that I either didn't set boundaries and or now I'm in the stage where I'm creating boundaries and the process isn't as easy as people would expect it to be. But for the sake of my mental stability, I know I need to create those things. When you say that, you know, you need to create them. Can you talk about what was that process like getting to the point where you knew you needed to create them? What did it take for you to know that you need to create them? I was brought to a place of creating boundaries because I was walking away from situations and scenarios where I had had a request and or I grew to be different and was making new requests. And I had to learn how to make those requests and shift how I was doing things so I can stay in a place where I was um, mentally stable, uh, where I wasn't walking away with an attitude, where I wasn't walking away, you know, feeling some kind of way. I had to create those boundaries for myself so that those issues wouldn't be avoided. Because I think when we talk about boundaries, we always talk about boundaries in the sense of putting up a fence for other people. And sometimes I think for me, as I grow, I'm always working on how can I do things differently? Hmm. I think that's really important. How can I do things differently? Because I will say I've had times in my life where I was looking to other people like I want them to be different, but really I think the the power lies in how can I be different? What can I do different? Not necessarily someone else being different. And I think as we start to create boundaries, we have more of an awareness of how much we as people participate in what's happening in our lives, I will suggest. And when we talk about boundaries, I think it's important to have a foundation of what is a boundary. And one of the things I found is from Brene Brown, who holds many titles. Some of the titles that she can be uh, text she can go by are a research professor, an author, and a lecturer. I'm sure some of you listening may have heard of her. She defines boundaries as what's okay and what's not okay, which I think is a pretty simple definition, but it's very true. Uh, what is okay, what's not okay, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. I think for a lot of us, we have to get to a point where what is okay and what's not okay? Have you ever just actually sat down and said, what is okay and what's not okay for me or for people to do in my life? I think that is one of the foundational things when it comes to boundaries. One of the things that uh, Brene Brown is quoted as saying, she said, we let people do things that are not okay or get away with behaviors that are not okay. Then we're just resentful and hateful. (laughs) And I think that's so true because I've had times in my life where I've said, yes, I believe I was a yes man in a lot of ways. Yes to this. Yes to that. Uh, Partially, it's because I wanted to be liked. I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to approve me or, or validate me. And so that led me to say yes. And then I grew to be very resentful of people, 
very resentful of people. You know, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Why are they, you know, taking advantage of me? Why are they taking my kindness for weakness? But I had to get to a point where I had to understand in what ways am I participating and helping to create the expectation that people would continue to come to me to be that person because I've continually said yes. Therefore, they're expecting a yes of me. And uh, part of setting boundaries is to recondition really people to accept who we are now. One of the things that uh, Renee Brown also said, she talked about the acronym BIG and she defined BIG as what boundaries are needed in order to be in place uh, for me to stay in my integrity and make the most generous assumptions about you. She said she had a conversation with her husband and her husband said that he wants to assume that people are doing the best they can. He said that he doesn't know if they are doing the best they can, but it makes his life easier if he assumes that they are. I think that's very profound because I believe if we go from that standpoint, it is a better life for us and we suffer less. So if I believe that people are doing the best they can based on who they are, based on the information that they have, I don't one judge them. They, they should have done this. They should have done that. Or I don't expect myself per se from other people because other people are not me. So is it always fair perhaps that I, I expect myself from them. And that could also lead to disappointment because I didn't get me from someone else, but they are not me. And then if they don't show up in a certain way that I want or need them to, then what is my response to them? What do I do to them? I think, uh, I think that's very important. Wouldn't you say so? I would agree. Um, and particularly the whole part about generosity, um, and just being kind to yourself and making those provisions and shifting how you create boundaries. It's, I think a lot of times we think that boundaries are personal and that it's a personal thing between, you know, me and you, like a one-on-one. And oftentimes boundaries aren't personal. They're not one-on-one. It is someone stepping into a place where they say, I'm creating this boundary and this is a boundary that's going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes people take when people make boundaries personal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be hard to get to a place where you create boundaries. If you're a person who has not had boundaries in the past, because that whole part about reconditioning people to now accepting who I am now, not who you necessarily knew me to be, Because we have to recondition people, but also we're reconditioning ourselves because there's a version of ourselves that we haven't even fully met yet. We don't know that version of ourselves who we are really becoming in a lot of instances. So one of the other articles I have is from Psychology Today. And the title of that article is Boundaries, a Guide to Making Essential Life Decisions. This is by Linda Esposito. She defines boundaries as an invisible line you draw around yourself to identify what is acceptable behavior and what is unacceptable behavior. One of the quotes that she gives that I really love is, if you want to live an authentic, meaningful life, you need to master the art of disappointing and upsetting others, hurting feelings, and living with the reality that some people just don't like you. And that is by Cheryl Richardson. Now, that could be a harsh reality. I mean, even reading that, you know, master the art of disappointing and upsetting others, hurting feelings and living with the reality that some people just don't like you. One thing, you know, some people just don't like you. I wrestle with that. I wanted people to like me. That's a hard thing. Hurting other people's feelings, upsetting others, disappointing others. That can be hard. I, I would suggest one part of that is hard is because we as people, as individuals, we don't like being disappointed. We don't like upsetting others. We don't like hurting feelings. And then perhaps a part of us, because we don't want that, we then don't want to visit that upon other people. But when we set boundaries, that is something that I would suggest is almost guaranteed to happen. If you set boundaries, especially if you have not in the past, there are going to be some people who are not going to like you (laughs) and are going to be perhaps disappointed. 
upset and hurt, but it is necessary to create those boundaries because it is an act of self-care and self-love. What do you think about that? I love the whole living with the reality of it. I think that sometimes we create people and or who they are in our minds and we give them more credit than they have because, you know, we're close or, you know, we have a certain kind of relationship with them. And because of that, we don't kind of see people for who they really are. I think that when it comes to boundaries, boundaries are created not because it's been a issue that just popped up. Boundaries are created because it's been a consistent issue. And now you have to come to a resolve about that issue. Um, and so I like the fact that she had mentioned living with the reality of it, the realness of it, not what you made up in your mind, not what's in your thoughts about it. Um, and when you realize the reality of things, you can, I don't want to say be okay, but be okay with upsetting others and hurting people's feelings. Um, because for me, if they take it personally like that, they miss the whole point of the boundary. Yeah. And they've made it personal. Yeah, and I would suggest that sometimes we've been conditioned to care more about other people's feelings than our own. And I think it's great to have empathy and compassion for other people, but where are we sometimes taught to have empathy and compassion for ourselves? Because if we don't truly love and care for and have compassion and empathy for ourselves, can we truly have and give that to someone else? If we consistently allow ourselves to suffer and put others' needs before ours, is that a, a an act of self-love? I would challenge if that is an act of self-love. I really don't think that that is because if, we, if you really love yourself, there are going to be some times where you simply have to say no, or that's not acceptable, or that's not tolerable. So um, I do think that's very um, that's very important. And later on, you know, as we've talked about what boundaries are and some challenges with boundaries, I want to also talk about what are some boundary building techniques. But before I get to that, Aaron, I know you did some research about boundaries. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you found? I um, came across a good read by Dr. Henry Cloud. It's called Boundaries. Go figure. And <laughs> um, he makes a lot of great points. Um, a few things that I walked away with was one, when you create boundaries, it is an act of, you kind of started to talk about it, but it's an act of kindness to you mm. um, that you say, I love me enough to create this boundary for me, whether you are protecting your peace, whether you're protecting your mental stability, whether you're just protecting your environment, I'm creating this boundary because it means something to me. Um, and how oftentimes we create boundaries on the reverse, I'm, I got to keep you out. I got to, you know, and we never internalize that. And so I thought that was important when he talked about acts of kindness to yourself uh, and self-love. He also mentioned um, the myths of setting boundaries and how we make up stuff. Like if I set a boundary, I got to hurt somebody's feelings. So I got to, you know, destroy them just so I can, you know, have the boundary. Mm -hmm. And that's a myth. You can create a boundary and still... You do it in love, do it in kindness. Um, he goes on to mention what I liked a lot, and that was just the whole notion of you can't create values or you can't create boundaries, rather, when you don't know your value. Mm. And when you know your value and you know that, one, you are valuable, two, that your value can always increase. Mm. When you understand those things about yourself, It'll be easier for you to navigate boundaries because it's almost like protecting what you paid for. Mm, protecting what you pay for. If you got something expensive, you put it in a safe and you create boundaries for it. Um, and, and that's value. And when you know the value, you know how to create the boundary. And I thought that was um, very, very important um, in how we function and how we set boundaries one for another. Uh, lastly, because I know we're going to talk about one thing later, um, and that's the note. But the last thing he said to me that I thought was really um, groundbreaking and really illustrative was the whole notion of you got to think of boundaries like a fence and all fences come with a gate and you get to dictate, though you've created a boundary around yourself, you get to dictate what comes in and out of that gate. Mm. And I thought that was important because sometimes when we create boundaries, we are so focused on what we're keeping out. And we never focus on what we need to let in and how we need to function. And just because we do have a fence, there's still an opening. There's still an opportunity to move forward. 
I think that's good. I think that's really good. You know, that the whole thing about the, the offense and letting things in or, you know, keeping things out. I think that's a brilliant, brilliant analogy. And the other thing that you said about value, when we know our value, I think that aids in creating those boundaries. Because when we truly know our our value, there are some things that we simply will not accept or accommodate or tolerate. Yeah. What are some ways you would say to get to a place to know our, our value? That whole thing you said about when we know the worth of something and, and the price that we pay for something. You know, some people don't know their value, weren't taught or didn't see that growing up. How can we get to a place where we would know our, our value so we, people could get on the road to creating boundaries? Knowing what you're gifted to do, what you're called to do um, on a on one level, on another level, self-esteem, loving yourself enough to create a boundary. I think that that is a great place to start value. I am worth creating a boundary. You can start on a low level of, you know, value. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm this and I'm all of that stuff. I think when it comes to boundaries, you can start at a very simplistic place. And that is to say, I'm worth creating a boundary that I need people to hear. I need you to not just hear my request. I'm making a request, hear my request, honor my request and function moving forward. Mm. And you've got to know that that's something you deserve mm, something you deserve something you deserve something that you feel you're worthy of you're worthy of having that i yeah. think that's important and that's something time sometimes that's something that people often struggle with the most knowing your own self-worth and your own your own value but i think that that's a very important on the road to creating boundaries in terms of what are some things we can do to create boundaries so this is very important. And this is also, again, from that article I mentioned earlier, uh, boundaries, a guide to making essential life decisions. So one of the first things mentioned in the article is uh, establish your limits, establish your limits. You have to know what you stand for and what you value in order to set solid boundaries. And again, she's even harping on what you said. Oh, maybe you and her were in cahoots and writing the article. <laughs> she talks about value. But I think that's important because uh, sometimes we don't even know what we stand for. You know, the old adage, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So knowing what it is that you stand for, I believe that deal breakers are something that we should have in our lives. You know, oftentimes they're referenced to intimate relationships, but I think in anything, what is a deal breaker? What is something I'm going to say that is absolutely not acceptable? I'm not willing to accommodate or tolerate that. Do you have deal breakers? Do you have something you stand for? Do you have something you stand in? And it's absolutely not acceptable that somebody would cross that particular line in your life. If you don't, is there a reason? Why don't you have that? Was it something you were taught? Was it something that you have a, a fear of not having it because you fear that you'll get some kind of outcome or some result? But I think it's important to establish your limits. Another thing in the article is get comfortable with no. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if this is a difficult practice, which I will say it is for many, and I put myself in that, practice in the mirror until you get the hang of sounding confident and in control. You don't need to yell or scowl, think cool, calm, and collected. But yeah, you know, and I heard your response, you know, get comfortable with no. That is one of the hardest things for people to say is no. And what I have learned and continue to learn is that no is a complete answer. Yeah. It does not require me to over explain or give more information than is necessary. No is a complete answer. And I am entitled to say no. I have found it oftentimes challenging to say no. I think one of the things is if I said no, I felt like I'd perceive, be perceived as a bad person mm. or I wouldn't be liked as much or I felt guilty if I said no because I somehow got the false notion in my mind that I was supposed to say yes, that if I said no, then that meant I wasn't good, that that meant I didn't love people, that, that it meant I didn't love God whole other conversation, yeah. uh, guilt, 
surrounding sometimes, you know, let's put it out there, growing up in certain religious paradigms or church where I think some of that does this come from that in some instances. We are conditioned to do and suffer through certain things because we somehow have picked up through observation or through someone who has told us that it's not okay to say no. Yeah. But, uh, you know, no, I think is healthy. You're not going to say no to everything, but I think when we, when you do say no and it comes from a place of health, optimal health, I think that can be one of the best ways to obtain peace in your life. And I don't know about you, but I want peace in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that no should be sacred. Mm. I think there should be something, you know, I'll say holy about it. Uh, and we'll go back to what I originally said, and that's sacred. Your ability to say no. We say comments like, um, I'll do anything once, you know, twice. If like we say all the things that we'll say yes to, but we don't make it a habit to say, no, I am not going to do that or I will not tell, or that's not going to be a thing. And I think that when it comes to a number of things, the no is sacred. Mm. It is to be regarded and it is um, to be utilized. We've made it a cuss word almost. <laughs> it's a dirty word yeah. to say no. <laughs> a no comes with power, personal yeah. power. When you have the ability to say no, it personally empowers you. And I think that ability to say no, when you realize it can empower you, it'll free you up to say it not all the time and every five seconds, but it'll free you enough to say it to where you continue the journey for your mental stability, for your peace, for whatever you're trying to utilize by getting that no, by creating that boundary, that the no isn't, the boundary isn't in the no. Mm. The no is the gateway to create the boundary. The no is the gateway to creating the boundary. That's good, I like that. And another thing after no is be direct. You may have been taught that direct is synonymous with aggressive insensitive or brusque. While cultural boundaries should always be respected, clear communication is key. I think that's powerful. Mm -hmm. The whole piece about clear communication, very, very key. That way it leaves no room for ambiguity, no room for guessing, no room for confusion. Very clear, which goes back to not needing to even over explain. It's just a simple no. No, I'm not able to do that. No, I have another obligation. No, I can't commit to that at this time. I don't have to tell you why. You know, I can choose to, but I don't have to do that. And the whole thing about being direct, I think direct communication is very, uh, very powerful. I think it's a, one of the biggest components of uh, being an effective communicator is being direct with how you feel, with how you think. Um, very, very important. Um, another piece is remember there are always options in life. If a job, a relationship, or an opportunity doesn't work out, remind yourself that now is not the right time. Take the situation for the learning experience it was and move on. You'll never be stuck so long as you keep moving. And that's powerful. You'll never be stuck so long as you keep moving. If you keep moving, you will never be stuck. And you always have options. I think that sometimes I may not have created boundaries in my life because I didn't think I had options. But when you know you have options, you talk about empowerment. That's very empowering to mm. know I don't have to be here right now. I'm choosing to participate in this relationship, in this job, in this experience. I don't have there are other options for me. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes we can get into a place where we just lose sight at the grand scope of what the power of choice can bring to us. You know, choice is so powerful. It's so powerful that a choice you make right now can supersede a choice you made in a previous moment. So you have the power to get yourself out of something you feel you may be stuck in, and you have the power to create the life and situations and experiences that you want. I think it's very important to be self-empowered to, to know that we have the ability and capability to do that. And as we keep going on, um, don't over explain. Yeah. Don't over explain. And I, and I hinted about that in the beginning. Don't feel the need to over explain yourself when you're creating a boundary. Uh, the key is to communicate with clarity, confidence, and brevity. 
Extra words, lengthy explanations, and backtracking are signs that you don't really buy what you're saying. And I think people oftentimes may perceive that. So if you're going in with a lot of explanations and you seem unsure, then they may be likely to try to get in there and say, oh, he's just going through a little something. I I can win him back over. I can get in there and um, convince him or her to do X, Y, and Z. If they sense that you're not a person who is, is firm about your yes meaning yes and your no meaning no. I think that's very important. Have you experienced those kind of uh, those kind of situations? Well, yeah, and you get to see um, people's true colors. I think when you create boundaries, you get to see some real colors from real people. Um, particularly when you talk uh, too much and you don't give a simple answer, people always kind of know when they can take that opportunity. Um, what I've come to understand it or see it as in action is manipulation mm. where they've shifted your boundary and made it invalid because you weren't sure about it. Had you been sure it wouldn't have been a conversation after that, but because you were still trying to convince yourself about the boundary you wanted to place, you were over explaining yourself, not to them. You were over explaining it to yourself. And they understood and watched you, heard you have a conversation with yourself because all you really had to do was say no. Interesting. Um, I know you mentioned manipulation. I have a question for you. So in that kind of situation, would you call that person who did that a manipulator or was the behavior just manipulative and they were just being who they are? They weren't necessarily intentionally trying to manipulate you but perhaps because a certain uh, paradigm was established with who they thought you were, that's why they were doing that. I think it's a multiplicity of things, but I also think that if you function in manipulation at any point, you in that moment are a manipulator. (laughs) Whether that's a habit, whether that is um, a learned behavior, whether that wasn't intentional, it is how it plays out in the moment. Anytime you will undermine someone's request is a form of manipulation to me. Hmm. I, I can I can see that. I can definitely see that. <laughs> uh, so going over that, um, it can be very overwhelming, especially for those of us who are not used to setting clear boundaries in our lives. Like, how do you get started? And I think one thing I really appreciate that the article says is to think small. Think small. If this is difficult for you to do, take it slow, practice boundary setting incrementally and build up from there. I will say that uh, I've had to experience that myself. I had to get to the root of what are the reasons that I have an issue with setting boundaries, because sometimes I, I would suggest we live in a culture we, we, where we oftentimes will focus on the surface the surface things and we'll try to do things and push ourselves past a certain point, but we don't really get to the root. So if there is a trauma or a reason or fear connected to why you don't set boundaries, if you don't deal with that, you're probably going to continue to have a weak no. And you're probably going to have issues with creating boundaries because it's that thing that's looming over you as to why you continue to allow people to behave certain ways in your life. So it's getting to that. And then Doing it small, increment by increment, moment by moment, building that no muscle up until you get to more of a place of of comfort. And for you, would you say there's a way that you kind of started that whole process of learning how to say no? As a person who serves and has a habit of, you know, not even a habit, I, I call it a lifestyle, a, a gifting and hospitality and just service. Um you get to a place where you don't always think a no is okay. And Mm. so you don't effectively know how to say it. I think it shifted for me. I like to be in the grocery store. It's one of my favorite places. Mm. Don't judge me. (laughs) Um, But that was one of the first places I started implementing a no on a consistent basis. Hey, (laughs) you know, you need that. Nope. Um, Hey, nope. And I started making it a habit to say no as a response. Cause I think, Sometimes even in the process of starting to say no and or creating the boundaries, because I don't want people to get stuck on a no. Um, But in creating the boundaries, one of the things that was easy for me to do or easier for me to do was make it a part of my vocabulary. Mm. 
I, you'd be surprised how many people don't have a active no mm. and or an active way to say I creating this boundary in their vocabulary and creating those words and using those words out loud. And the more you use it, the easier it'll come um, and the less you feel bad about it. And mm. for me, all of those moments happened in places where I interact often, like the grocery store and stuff like that. I started small to the point where it went from a no at the grocery store to a, a no to a friend. And it went to a no at work and it, it escalated to those places, but it only escalated because I put it into practice. I'm interested to know because, you know, I know I have an answer for myself. I'm interested to know, especially in the beginning when you started small, what that must have felt like, because for me, when I started saying no, and I was so used to saying yes, there was still some parts of me where I had to address some moments of feeling guilty for saying no or wrong for saying no. And it was a little uneasy at first. Um, it, you know, as you say, you work your way through it. But at the beginning of the process for you, what was it like? when you really started to embrace saying no, even through the small gestures, was that experience that was a little challenging at first or, or what was it? I had several moments. One, it was liberating. I hadn't said it at all enough to even hear it out loud. So when I heard it out loud and I got a response from it, it was just like, oh, wow, this does work because I had been so programmed to be okay with not saying it. But I also experienced um, something you alluded to earlier, and that was moments where I had to give people room to meet this new version of myself mm. who were used to and are used to a certain uh, personality or person and recreating those relationships to say, we ain't changed, just my request and my requirement for this relationship has changed. Mm. And I think that was hard for me because I was feeling like I was just saying or creating new boundaries and the other parties were taking it personal. And I was trying to figure out if I'm feeling so good about saying a no, why is it, do they feel so bad about it? Or mm. why is it, you know, creating problems? Why is it, you know? And so I wrestled back and forth with that. But I think the biggest thing for me was the liberation of it, the ability to say it and be okay with saying it. I had to be okay with saying it. It wasn't just no or I'm creating a boundary. It was I'm creating this boundary and I'm okay with that. Yeah, creating the boundary and being okay with that. And I definitely think I experienced that too in terms of what I felt other people's perception was when I started saying no. I think part of that that I mentioned in the beginning, for me at least, I think that Part of that was they had to be reconditioned to who I was, because if I've known you for if someone's known me for like 10 or 15 years and I've been a yes man and then I become no, it's strange, it's foreign. Mm. And as human beings, oftentimes anything that is perceived to be an outsider or different than the norm, quote unquote norm, whatever that means, <laughs> we oftentimes have an aversion of that or we're suspicious of it or we're unsure about how to interact or relate to that because it's not what we're used to. I think oftentimes as human beings, we get so comfortable with ourselves or people or circumstances that sometimes anything outside of that is radical to us, is wrong to us, is not appropriate to us because it's not what we were taught, not what we saw and not what we're used to. I think uh, when we, you know, we talk about friendships, relationships, any kind of relationships, really, I think it's important that we get to a place where we those true, those strong relationships can withstand growth because who I was five years ago is not who I necessarily am now. And can you love me? Can you acknowledge me? And can you be with me for who I am now, not for who you knew me to be or even who you want me to be, but for who I am? I think that's important. Otherwise, sometimes people may have a desire consciously or unconsciously to trap us into who they want us to be or who we were at one point which speaks to me that sometimes we simply outgrow people. We yeah. do outgrow people. Uh, some people can grow with us, but not everyone is always meant to grow with us as we progress throughout life. Um, and that's not necessarily good, bad, or, you know, there's no judgment to that. It's simply the reality of what it is. Some people outgrow us. Sometimes we have to 
put people in different positions in our life. And sometimes we simply may outgrow people, outgrow situations, outgrow, uh, outgrow jobs. We may outgrow them. And so then it becomes up to us in terms of either how do I participate in it now, or it simply may be something sometimes we have to say, okay, that's no longer for me. I've gained everything I needed out of this experience. And now if I continue to stay in it, it's no longer healthy for me, the people involved, and it could be preventing me from moving on to the thing I'm really supposed to be doing now. You know, I think that is very important for us to, um, to embrace. Yeah. And I think it, you know, and I want you to speak about this too, the cost of always being a yes man or not setting boundaries to me is so costly because one, I do think, I think as the article mentioned and uh, Brene Brown mentioned resentment when I was a yes man or didn't have boundaries, I was incredibly resentful. Yeah. I was, uh, I was stressed out, you know, I begrudgingly would, would do something. And sometimes I put a mask on, like I was okay with it, but then I would go home. And when I went home, then I just was at some moments I didn't even like myself because I said, how could I do that? Why didn't you say no? Why didn't you speak up? And it was an unloving relationship that I had with myself. And I believe it's important to get to a point where we love ourselves, that we are not necessarily selfish, but I heard someone say self-full, that I love myself enough to say no to you or to set a boundary for how I'm going to participate in this situation or how you are going to be in my life. Um, we, we can't wait for other people to do that for us. I think there have been times where I waited for other people to step up and set a boundary or, or, or say something or make something okay. And when they didn't, I became disappointed. Mm. Been there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, sometimes we get disappointed because, and I really found this out recently, we get disappointed because we expect something from someone, although they've never agreed to do the thing that we expected them to do. So if they've never agreed to be who we wanted them to be, is it really fair to even um, have expected that of them or why really am I disappointed if you never agreed to do it? I simply wanted you to do it or thought you should have done it because that's what I would do or that's what I think someone you know, should have done in that particular situation. Uh, but it can, it can cost you, I believe, to not have clear boundaries. And uh, speak about the cost for you. What are some of the, how has it costed you not to have boundaries in your life? Anger. Mm -hmm. uh, it showed up in anger. I'm not good at um, <laughs> concealing <laughs> my feelings per se. It's not so much that it's on my face, but it is in my disposition. Um, my feelings show up in my body. I don't know how everybody else's work, <laughs> but my body language says a lot. And I found myself, you know, escaping places mm. um, and or being very angry. Um, and or um, resenting, resenting not saying no. <laughs> hmm. um, one of the things that I learned is that the lack of boundaries devalued me. Hmm. And when I created or put boundaries in place, I was able to dictate my worth. And it was hard because you have to wrestle with the decisions that you make. I think one of the things I would really want people to kind of understand is that um, internal process to your boundaries. Mm -hmm. You don't create boundaries for others. You create boundaries for you and you've got to be okay with that. And you've got to come to a resolve about some of the boundaries you created, some of the places where you didn't allow it to be. So, um, and some of the things that have actually happened to you, I think, on the onset, we want to blame people and be like, oh my God, you know, it's your fault. I should have said no or this, that, and the other. And some of that has to, you got to take the weight of some of that mm. and say, I didn't create this boundary because it served me in some kind of way or shape or another. Mm. And being okay with admitting that my lack of boundaries served me just like my boundaries will serve me in another way. Now that I really like in terms of 
my not creating boundaries served me because we do things that serve us. So that's an, that's an entirely different level of thinking evolution to actually approach it from, okay, I didn't create the boundary. How did that serve me? How did that serve a part of me by not creating the boundary? How did I benefit from allowing people to continue to uh, walk over me or, or allow them to take advantage of me? You know, some of us have a feeling of um, wanting to say yes because we want to save the day. Mm-hmm. And then what do we get from saving the day? How does that benefit us? Mm-hmm. How does that feed us? And where is that coming from? So I think that's very important to uh, have that awareness of how is it serving us? And then I like what you said, be open to the possibility that by creating the boundaries, we are also serving ourselves mm-hmm. in a different kind of way. And uh, I would suggest a more productive and healthier kind of way by creating these um, these boundaries. And I think it creating boundaries, uh, one thing Brene Brown said in that interview, she said when she started to create it, creating um, boundaries, she found that she was less sweet of a person, but she was far more loving. Mm. And that is very profound. I like that. She was less sweet, but she was far more loving. And she also uh, found out in her, because one of the things she does is she she does a lot of research. Um, She focuses on a lot of psychological research. And she did a study about what did people who have boundaries have in common? And she studied all kinds of people, all ages, all ethnicities. And she said, overwhelmingly, the the people who are were most boundaried or the people who had the most compassion rather were the most boundaried. Mm. They had the most boundaried. And that kind of goes to what, what she was saying, that she became more loving. She became more compassionate when she did set boundaries because some of us, if we're not careful, I think we look at boundaries as a bad thing or saying no as a bad thing. But at the other end of it, we can actually be more present for ourselves, for other people, and more loving to ourselves and other people if we actually do create boundaries. I think also it fosters a sense of trust. Like if I have someone who, you know, their yes is yes, their no is no, they're very clear, I could trust that person more. If we, if you say yes to everything, Sometimes that could affect trust or affect compassion if you say yes to everything. Because clearly, I've seen situations where I'm like, all everyone says yes. No, no one stands up and says I have an issue with that or problem with that. One of y'all right. said nothing. No, okay, right. And so it's it's almost very um, it's clearly unrealistic. You know, we have moments where we're like, okay, something's off with that. The fact that every no one said no, no one spoke up. You know, and then it goes into the reasons, the reasons why I think we've covered some of them today. And I think you got to ask yourself, all those listening, uh, what is your reason? What is your reason why you haven't done it? Uh, some of you may be good at uh, creating boundaries. I think, I think that's wonderful. I think it's a it's really a growth process. Sometimes, you know, we think we reach a certain level of healing only to realize there's another level or levels to go. <laughs> yeah. And um, or you reach a level of healing and you've got to give people some time to embrace the new level of healing that you've gotten to. That's why I liked what she said, because I do feel like it does push you to a place where you're not as sweet as you used to be, but you are loving. I love me enough to create this boundary, but I love you enough to alert you to the fact that this means if you cross this line, you've crossed the boundary instead of setting somebody up to fail because you never articulated that that was a boundary for you. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes we grow up in a paradigm where I feel we are conditioned to care for and put the needs of others before the needs of ourselves. That somehow we're taught that is selfish to be selfful and to take care of ourselves. And sometimes we limit self-care to more of the surface kind of thing. So I go, I'm taking a me day, a self-care day. I'm getting a haircut. I'm getting my nails done or I'm going to the spa. And that's one part of wellness. Sure, it makes us, us feel good. But there's a deeper part of that when it comes to our mental and emotional health and well-being that I think we have an opportunity to get more to the, the core of. And part of that is to um, to set boundaries, to set boundaries. Uh, it allows us to love ourselves more because if we love ourselves more, then I can be, be more loving to you. If I don't really have a love and a value for myself, how I question the purity of the love 
and value I'm able to give to other people because I can't really love you if I don't love or regard myself well. So uh, I know I am continuing to get to that process of wholeness and optimal health and optimal self-love and self-worth so I can be the best I can for me and then show up the best I can and return to other people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very important. So I do think, you know, boundaries are very important. I think it's important to set them. I think it's important to confront perhaps the reasons why you may feel that you have an obstacle in your way to setting them, but be open to doing a new thing. It may be uncomfortable at first. It may require, require you to practice it, but I think it's definitely something to um, embrace. And that would kind of be my, my takeaway from it. Um, how about you, Aaron? What are some things you want to take away or some final thoughts you want to leave us with? Um, in a moment of transparency earlier, I was talking about how it pushed me to be angry or, you know, in my feelings and resentful and a lot of things. Um, one of the things through therapy I've come to understand and learn is that a, a lot of our feelings have a valid place, but they're all rooted in fear. Um, and I guess I would challenge people. Um, what's the getting to the root of the fear as to either why you won't create boundaries or why you always feel the need to say yes. Mm. Um, and that's just something to simmer on and think about. Um, but my last uh, takeaway, I guess, would be that a no makes room for somebody else's yes. If you keep saying yes to everything, you become the one person who can do that thing. But if you say, you know, no and or you create boundaries, because, again, it's not about just the no. Um, when you create boundaries, you afford other people opportunities to show up and step up and be present and um, fully function in what may be a new boundary for even them. I think that's very important that us saying no in that instance could open the way for someone else to say yes. And then also us saying no to something could open us up to the opportunity to say yes to perhaps the thing that we are really meant to be in. But we could be holding up that that blessing or holding up that thing that God may have for us if we continue to say yes to these situations that no longer serve us. You know, sometimes we're in things. Uh, well, maybe they do serve us. Maybe they serve a part of us, but perhaps it's not for our highest and greatest good. And I think that's something that, you know, each of us has to evaluate. You know, I think that, you know, anyone who's had particular kind of jobs, you know, they have one-on-ones. Some are monthly, some are quarterly, uh, some are annually. And it's just a process of your performance of where you are. Sometimes we don't do that as people for ourselves. We don't evaluate what are some opportunities of growth? What are some things we're doing well? What are some things we can improve upon? You know, and, and we look at sometimes mental health as like this foreign thing or something that we shouldn't work on. But that's really the way to... um to optimal health. And I like what you said too, about the, um, the things being rooted in a place of fear that sometimes we'll brush past those things. Okay. I have an issue creating a boundary. Oh, okay. You know, it, it just happened. I'll just go ahead and try it again. Well, why did you have an issue? Is there, what's the fear that's under that? Because if you don't get to that fear, then it could really is going to follow you and chip it's away. going to yeah chip away and it's going to make things a lot uh, a lot more difficult as it as opposed to if we confronted that fear and sometimes we can do that on our own and sometimes we may need help in order to to do that kind of thing because it's not an easy process to you know confront the fear we often will avoid it or it can be overwhelming and we don't even know where to begin um, but I think it's necessary. And the root. I think that's, I guess, the big thing I hear with what you're saying, getting mm -hmm. to the root of it. You just creating a boundary just to be creating a boundary is OK. But if you don't get to the root of it, it's, you know, it'll be what we talked about earlier. And that is you creating a boundary, but it being undermined or you creating a boundary and it never really be something you stuck to. You did it for two weeks and then it back, went back to the regular way or mm -hmm. the past way because you didn't get to the root of what the boundary was. My mm -hmm. last little thing that I thought was interesting and slightly hilarious do you know no is the only universal word in every language oh, yeah really <laughs> in every language no is the only universal word wow well and it's the word we oftentimes have the hardest the time hardest one to say it. that cuss word 
that's that too is the takeaway. No, it's not a dirty word. It's not a cuss word. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad word. They should make a commercial for that. No is not a, a dirty word. <laughs> Unless you're in your terrible twos. Right. <laughs> They're kids. <Right>. No, no. <laughs> Unless you're going through that no phase. Right. <laughs> That's that's funny, you know, that we, we would easily say it then, but have a harder time when we become an adult. Adult, saying yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we got to go back to go forward. Maybe yeah. we should go back to that, so to help us as adults, being able to say no. But in terms of recapping some of the techniques to building boundaries, establish your limits, get comfortable with no, be direct. Remember that there are always options in life. Don't overexplain yourself and then think small. And now, friends, that brings us to the segment of our show called Fields of Vision. This is the segment of the show where we highlight a quote or text to help encourage and inspire you. Today, our fields of vision comes from author and motivational speaker, Lisa Nichols. She said, and I quote, if someone crosses your line in the sand, it's because you never made your line deep enough. No one can ever go farther than you are giving them permission to go. I invite you to come into the awareness that you are worthy. You are worthy of peace. You are worthy of joy. You are worthy of contentment. What are the things in your life that may be preventing you from experiencing these things? Instead of looking at what someone did or didn't do, did or didn't say, I invite you to go through a radical self-examination of the areas in your life that may require you to draw your line in the sand. Know that you are valuable and that you get to choose how you show up and how you participate in the world. Moment by moment, choice by choice and day by day. And we thank you, friends, for joining us here at Vantage Point. We look forward to you joining us next time. Until we meet again, friends, be well. <laughs>